Hello, everybody. Welcome out to what I am now calling the greatest show on Spotify. Not sure if that's true, but it is in my head, and we're going to pretend like it is. Um, certainly for some people, it seems to be, and I'm very grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much. We're going to be continuing today with our discussion, our book review of the seven spiritual laws of success. Oh, my goodness. I can't talk today. The seven spiritual laws of success. This is law number two. The Law of Giving. It's a fantastic book. There's absolutely a few things in there that I disagree with, um, and they'll probably they'll probably come up at some point. But I, I didn't actually take any notes when I was reading this book, um, so I have a bunch of quotes pulled up off the internet. We're going to talk about them. I may have a lot to say about some. I may have very little to say about others. So we'll just kind of see what happens, see where the wind takes us. Sorry that it has been so long since I've been on here. Um, life has been crazy. It's been crazy, but I decided, you know what? It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to get to work. We have a mission to accomplish, and we are going to do it. So law number two, the law of giving. Now, I'm just going to start reading these quotes. Um, this law could also be called the law of giving and receiving because the universe operates through dynamic exchange. Now, in case I didn't mention this before, this book is a spiritual book. Okay, so this isn't strictly psychology. This is getting more into that that other um, part of what we talk about. There's definitely psychological principles in this, though. Okay, I think that it's a huge mistake to separate the scientific, the psychological, so to so to speak, um, from the spiritual, from the philosophical. I think that they all they all go together, and without the without one or the other. It doesn't work, right? And you, you see this a lot where you have these really smart people who have these, maybe they have really great um, scientific knowledge and, and expertise, but they're kind of dumb in like the way that they apply it. Like they, they don't know how to approach life or they miss some very obvious, very, you know, common sense things because they're, they're so focused on, on one, one particular avenue. Um, and then you see people that are very spiritual who are probably happier, I, I guess, but they're also a little bit delusional. And to be fair, we're all delusional. But I think that putting these things together is very important. So I'll try to talk about both the psychological side of how the spiritual functions, but you got to understand too, there is a certain element of mystery to it. There's a certain amount of like, this is, we just kind of have to experience. We can't necessarily understand everything, but we can try to break it down and explain it to some extent. So giving and receiving, it seems kind of odd that giving is a part of success, right? But you see this kind of taught everywhere. Like this isn't a new concept. This isn't unique to this book. This isn't even unique to spirituality. This is this is something that is, that is taught by a lot of very um, influential teachers. Tony Robbins is a good example of that. He, he talks about how the secret of life is giving. He's a very big advocate of this. I think he, he told this really powerful story of when he was um, when he was trying to make it and he, he didn't really have any money to his name. I think he was down to like $17 or something, and he went to buy to buy lunch or something, went to the salad bar, and he ended up giving his last couple bucks away, like just, just giving it to somebody. And he said that that experience just like totally changed his life. It set him free. He realized like, it's about giving. That's the point of all of this. It's not just to have stuff. It's not to hold on to it. It's not to stack up your coins and your dollar bills and to, to like live like Scrooge McDuck in your basement somewhere. It's it's about the, the flow, the exchange. It's about having money so that you can use it, so that you can help other people, so that you can provide for yourself. And when you get fixated on, I just want stuff, and you start to become 
I don't want to say stingy, but you start to get to the point where you're you, you're fearful of spending. You're fearful of giving anything away. That creates the wrong mindset. It does a couple of things. One, it may it makes it you start to associate using your, your what you acquire using your wealth. It makes you start to associate that with stress. It makes you feel uncomfortable when it's time to pay for things, when it's time to help other people, when it's time to think, like, even if you got to go spend a couple bucks, you know, getting your car detailed or, you know, you got to, I don't know, if you need something, right? But if you make a habit of, I'm not going to spend money unless I absolutely have to, well, that kind of gets stuck in your mindset and you start to get to this point where you don't want to utilize what you have. And then that's when you become fearful. That's when you become anxious. And you're not able to make good decisions as far as, say, investing, for example, because if you're if you're trying to start a business, if you're if you're if you're thinking of going back to school, if you're thinking of, um, you know, garnering favor with others, if you can't give, if you can't spend, if you can't utilize what you have, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. Like it has to circulate. It has to move. It has to do something. And this is true with everything. It's not just money. Money is a very easy example, but it's the same thing with health. Right. Like you can't say I'm going to be healthy by staying inside and, you know, isolating myself, not moving my body, not exposing myself to the world. Right. You know, you see what, what's happened over the last couple of years with this ridiculous idea that, you know, to stay healthy, we have to shut ourselves inside all day. It's stupid. You, that's not how you get healthy, right? If you don't use your body, if you don't move around, if you don't go do stuff, if you don't experience life, your body's not being tested the way that it needs to in order to function properly. So this is very important. And we're probably going to talk more about money just because it's a bit easier to um, for people to think about. But yes, it's very important. You've got to get in the habit of giving. Now, this is the way I did it. And I'm not saying you have to do it this way. But when I was when I was first getting into all of this and I was first like hearing people say people besides like the preacher that I grew up with, but people saying, hey, you need to give. Right. And I had grown up hearing this because I grew up in church and I'm not I'm not I'm not knocking it. But I, I also heard people say you know, well, this preacher just wants money or they just, you know, I'm tired of hearing this sermon or whatever. <clears throat> but when I started to realize that there's a deeper meaning to it, it's like you you have to be a part of an exchange. If, you, if you're if you expecting to just receive, to just get stuff, it, like even if it's the product of your own hard work, you, you close yourself off from that dynamic exchange that's taking place amongst other people, right? You kind of, you, you isolate yourself. And so when I first started hearing this, and of course I was also hearing it from a spiritual standpoint, I mean, that is part of, you know, my religion, like you're supposed to give, you're supposed to be generous. It was really hard for me. I didn't want to do it. And I still don't want to do it sometimes. Um, but the way that I started doing it is I started really small, right? Everyone's saying, um, you know, hey, you got to give 10%, you got to donate to charity, you've got to do, you got to tithe, you got to do whatever. I started really small and just kind of worked my way into it. And I would start by just giving a really big tip to the barber. I was in the military still, so I had to get a haircut every week. And when you're in the military and you're not making any money and you are already showing out, I don't know, 15 bucks a week for that haircut, it hurts, right? So leaving any tip was kind of painful for me. And so I'd start giving, okay, well, I'm going to give them three bucks. I'm going to give them five bucks. Sometimes I give a little bit more. Then I start tipping other people. Then I start tithing. Then I start donating. And I found some charities that I like. 
Um, by the way, if you're curious, Underground Railroad is a fantastic one. They help rescue children from um, trafficking. And they're a very solid bunch of people. They're very, um, they're very reliable from what I can tell. So, but it started off with just that little, I'm just, I'm just going to give somebody three bucks every week. Right? I'm just going to give a big tip every once in a while. What I discovered very quickly was how fast that starts to break down the walls that we build that, that make us feel like I have to hold on to this. Like I'm, I, I need to be worried about spending this. I need, I need to hold on to it. I need to cling to it. Like I've worked really hard for this. I can't afford to lose anything. And you start to understand that, you know what, like it's a good thing to give to people. You start to feel good. You start to see that it, it is a good influence for them. It starts to shift your perspective. It starts to change the way that you see money. It starts to change the way that you feel about it. You don't feel that need to, to cling to it anymore. And so it takes away a lot of anxiety. It's very, it's very um, ironic that, you know, you're giving, but you're actually the one that's receiving in return. And what he's kind of getting at in this book is that in, in doing this, you, you start to get into the flow of like, you know, again, the more spiritual side of things, which is you start to become a participant in the the free exchange of material resources so you're not just trying to get everything and hold on to it but you you freely let it go and somehow paradoxically there's some metaphysical thing that takes place that allows more stuff to come to you more abundance to flow to you and he says in the book that the word affluence means to flow in abundance I don't know if that's true I don't know if that's just his interpretation but I like it it's 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 nice it's very pretty Affluence is, you know, when I think of that, I think of like the ability to purchase whatever I need to, right, um, in excess. <laughs> so, you know, it's not just that, like, yes, I have a car. I have a nice car. I don't just have a house. I have a nice house. I don't just have a little bit of money in the bank account. I'm very secure. I feel good about myself, right? And to some people, that could be having an extra $1,000 in savings. Some people, that needs to be a million dollars. I don't know. But when you feel that you don't have to stress, you trust in yourself, you trust in the universe, you trust in God, you trust in, you know, the laws of nature that I'm going to be prov provided for. I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I need to do, but I'm also going to give. I'm also going to allow this to, to leave me freely of my own volition. And in doing so, I open up to receiving in return. Next quote says, nothing is static. Your body, excuse me, your body is in dynamic and constant exchange with the body of the universe. Your mind is dynamically interacting with the mind of the cosmos. Your energy is an expression of cosmic energy. We talk all the time about patterns on here, about microcosm versus macrocosm. When you start to get in tune with the higher order of things, when you start to get out of your head and you start to realize that I'm not just in my apartment living my life, doing my own thing, I'm actually participating, like I said, in this big grand scale thing that's taking place. You no, know, we're all in this together. We're all kind of making our way through life. We're all interacting with each other. And so is nature. Right. And so when we try to close ourselves off, we, we become stagnant. Right. And if you've ever seen stagnant water, it's not pretty. It starts to get gunky. It starts to get nasty. It starts to, you know, fill it with bacteria. It has to flow. It has to be free. It has to be allowed to move. So there's a psychological thing taking place here. There's also a spiritual thing taking place here. Next quote, he says, the universe operates through dynamic exchange. Um, giving and receiving are different aspects of the flow of energy in the universe. 
I hear the quote all the time that money is energy, right? And I could say the same thing with health, for example, whatever you want. If you close yourself off, you can get a certain a certain distance. Like you, you can accomplish certain things. You can get a certain way. When you start to give freely, it really changes something though. So a good example of that, if you are at the office, you're, you're working with people and you're just trying to make as much money for yourself as possible. You're just trying to get your paycheck. You're just trying to get your work done. You're trying to protect yourself, right? You in theory should be able to do okay, right? Like you'll be able to accomplish what you need to You'll be able to get your work done. You'll be able to pay your bills. When you shift your mindset, and I've, I've known this for a while. I've recently rediscovered it. When you shift your mindset from taking care of yourself to I'm going to serve others. I'm going to help other people. I'm going to put other people first. And you start just really focusing in on what can I give? What can I do for my coworkers? What can I do for my customers, for the people around me, uh, the people that interact with me? As you start to make that little shift in your mindset, it's really powerful. You start to, one, you start to embrace the idea of work, right? Like you get out of your head a little bit. You start to beat that laziness. Um, at least in my case, you start to not feel like, well, oh, I just don't have the energy to help you anymore. You start to say, no, no, no. What can I do to help? I want to help you, right? And you go do these little things. What happens is that you become the, the favorite. Like everybody loves you, right? Because everybody knows that you're dependable. Everybody knows that you're reliable. Everyone knows that you're a hard worker. Everyone knows that you care. And the funny thing is that you don't have to care to start. But as you start doing this, you start to care, right? It becomes a habit. And once you start to realize that it feels good to help other people, that's what we're meant to do. We're not like there's this re really toxic hustle culture um, this idea that I'm just going to grind. I'm just going to make all this money. I'm just going to accomplish this stuff. And it's all materialistic. It's all based off of I want to look better than other people. But if you just shift that mindset, just shift that thinking into how can I be of service to other people? What can I do for my coworkers? What can I do for my spouse? What can I do for my friends? What can I do for these random people? Like you don't have to take it all on at once. Again, I started by giving $3 every week. Not much. It, it, it takes up on its own though. It, it, it magnifies itself because you start to like it. It starts to feel good, right? When you start, to, and it's not about putting other people first to the point where you don't take care of yourself. You need to get your own stuff taken care of, right? Like you got to take care of your, you, you have to make sure that your financial needs are met. You have to make sure that you're healthy, that you're, you're stable, that you have what you need. But when you put other people first, it doesn't take long for other people to really like you, right? And when they like you, they, they treat you better. So you like them even more. Now, when you really love somebody, you want to help them. So you're really practicing universal love when you do this. Again, you don't have to like somebody to do it, but you act as if until you start to. And I'm not saying that you are going to like everybody, but you will change the way that they perceive you. And when you do that, other people want to help you, right? Like if you do a favor for somebody, they feel obligated. Well, if you do it out of a sense of, no, I want to help you. I'm not doing this to get something from you. I actually just want to help you, right? Like even if you never pay me back, that's totally fine. When they feel that, when they understand that you're just a giving person, you're generous, that's who you are, they want to do it. And it's not out of a sense of obligation. It's because they're like, that's just how social dynamics work. We want, like, it's a give and take. It always is. There's going to be some people that are super selfish. There's going to be some people that are narcissistic. There's going to be some people that have, 
you know, if you're if you've stuck your if you've created a perception of yourself that is total opposite of this, like you are the selfish one, and be honest if you are, it's okay, we're gonna fix you. Don't worry, we're in this together. I have my issues with that too. Not to, not to fear. However, if you've created that image of yourself, it may take time for that to shift for them. And some people don't want to change. They don't want to see you change. That happens. The majority of the time, when you start changing the way that you interact with people, and one, it does wonders for you, but also it's going to do a lot for, um, for, for changing the way that other people treat you. You're going to get you're going to get stuff. People are going to help you. Money is going to flow to you. Um, abundance is going to flow to you. If you don't believe me, try it. All right. Next quote. In every seed is the promise of thousands of forests, but the seed must not be hoarded. It must give its intelligence to the fertile ground. Through its giving, its unseen energy flows into material manifestation. So if you have an idea, I like this. It's very poetic. A lot of this, I think, I, I almost feel like I don't want to explain some of it because it's, it's like he's not, he's not really, um, he's not pulling a Jordan Peterson where he's like explaining and analyzing it to death. He's leaving it as kind of a poetic thing where it's like you kind of just get the sense of what he's talking about and you understand and it kind of moves you a little bit. That's why I want people to read the book, but I also want to talk about it. I also want to, I, I want to analyze, I want to articulate. So if you have the seed of, say, an idea, for example, and you keep it to yourself and you never put it out there, you never take action, it doesn't go anywhere, right? When you take action with it, but you, again, you hoard it, you don't allow other people to help you, it's only going to go so far because you're dependent upon your own efforts. You're limited by your own efforts, by your own capabilities, right? When you start to use that idea, for example, to help other people, so this show is a good example of that. So at first it started off, I want to talk about this stuff. I feel that I have a certain inclination towards speaking, towards broadcasting, towards teaching. Okay, cool, how can I manifest that? How can I, how can I practice this? How can I use this? And then I start doing it, at some point, people reach out to me and they say, this has actually really helped me. Now it starts to shift a little bit and I start to see, hold on, this feels good because I know that what I do has meaning now. I can tell you from experience, again, back to the hustle thing, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't hustle. I'm, I, I firmly believe that you should. But when you're just focused on getting something, on, on arriving at a certain point, and you're not focused on how can I add as much value to other people as possible? How can, and you're focused on how you can add value to yourself. Paradoxically, you kind of constrict yourself and you, you restrict the amount of success and abundance that is going to come to you. Whereas if you turn around and say, how can I help as many people as possible? You're going to naturally start to garner so much favor. You're going to, people are going to want to, to help you. People are going to want to interact with you. Um, People are going to want to um, be a part of your team because they think they know that you're going to take care of them. They know that you're trustworthy. You're dependable. Like I said, there's somebody that they want to go to bat for. There's somebody that they want. You're, you're somebody that they want in, in, in their corner. That's a very good thing because when a lot of people want to help you and want to see you succeed, guess what? You're going to. It's kind of hard to screw it up at that point because even if you have a bad day, um, I've had several recently. I've had a couple of bad weeks, actually. Um, I've been very depressed lately, if I'm being totally honest, I've been struggling with that. And it's like, it's crazy that the support system that I have 
built and I didn't even realize that I had built it, but some people are so helpful. People are so supportive. And it's like those times where I feel vulnerable and like, I can't keep up the pace and like, I need to step back for a second. Other people are like, they're so used to be being the guy that's always going and always doing things for them. It's like, Oh, Hey, we, we, we need to help you. We need to take care of you. And that's such a total change from, I don't know, 10 years ago when I was in it for myself. And when I hit a wall, like it was just me, that was it. Right. Cause I'm going at it alone. And like, what, what now, if I'm dependent totally on myself, if I don't have a strong network of people who I have added value to, like, why would anybody else help me? You know, and we hope that there's good people out there that are going to do this as well. I talk on my other podcast, um, the last episode I did, it's like, we always want to see these big changes in the world. We want to see wars put to an end, right? For example, but we don't realize that the things that are driving those, those, those negative um, trends and patterns, for example, war. So the anger, the fear, the resentment, the pride, the jealousy, whatever it is that's instigating that, that's just a basic human emotion in somebody who has a lot of influence, right? If we, and it's very arrogant to think that if we were in that position that we wouldn't do the same thing because we struggle with the exact same feelings, right? And just because we don't have that same influence doesn't mean that we're not behaving and responding in the same way. So maybe we scream at people in traffic, for example, and we just like, oh, it's fine. There's no consequences. I just let loose. Like I just cuss this person out, right? Because they, they cut me off, whatever. And it's like, well, these people that are, that are instigating these worldwide issues, they're dealing with the same types of insecurities, the same types of fears, the same whatever. If you if you want to see those big changes, I think it was Gandhi that said, like, be the change that you want to see in the world. It's very true. You have to start working on yourself first. You have to understand that you're, we're all dealing kind of with the same stuff. We're all on the same team. We're all on the same boat, right? So as you start to put out um, help, as you start to throw out lifelines to other people, you create a very strong network for yourself. So back to the, the seed example, you know, once I realized that this is helping people, once people started reaching out to me, it completely changed the way that I approached it. I wasn't saying, oh, I think this is interesting. I just want to talk about it because I like hearing myself talk. It was, I think this could help people. And that's when the show blew up. That was when everything went crazy. That was when, um, what was it, like a year ago when, you know, I went viral on, on social media, when I started getting a lot of followers on Spotify. By the way, if you're not following me, give me a follow. Make sure you guys leave me a little five-star review, share with your friends. Um, anyway, that's when things really started to take off. It was a very powerful lesson for me. And it's something that I want you guys to understand too. It may look a little bit different, like if you're working at a regular office job, but this again, and I know this seems like it's kind of off track, but it's, it's really not. When I first got into um, the military, I, I remember being in infantry school and just being horribly depressed. It's like, I cannot do this. Like, I, I can barely get through each day. I can barely get up in the morning. Each step, each breath is painful. I don't want to be here. I want to kill myself, right? It was horrible. I was seriously struggling with depression. And so it was all I could do just to kind of keep going. Um, I remember looking around at people that are my age, a little bit older, people that are seem to be going through the same stuff, right? 
and they're always on top of things. And they're not like these superhuman, um, you know, they're just great at everything. Actually, they, they're kind of average in some ways, but every time work needs to be done. There's a working party, sandbags got to get moved, um, something has to get unloaded off a truck. Like, they're the first ones there every single time. Like, it's never a question. They're always running, and it's like, it's annoying at first, but at some point you start to really respect those guys, right? And leadership notices that too. Like leadership called them out and was like, you know, made a big deal about it. Um, there were a few times where those people were put in charge of me and I was like, they were always the most humble people. They were just, they were willing to do all of the work. They were willing to do as much as they could. And sometimes they would come to me and say, hey, can you help me with this? Boom. I was all about it. Like as depressed as I was, as much as I did not want to do anything, as much as I wanted to just like curl up in a ball and fall asleep. If they asked me to do anything, I remember one guy in particular, I was all about it. Like, yes, absolutely. Because I know I, I trust you. Like I respect you because I see how you're always serving other people. If you come and ask me to do something, it's not like just somebody coming and saying something. It's like, I want to help you, right? Like you are a very valuable person. I want to do what I can to assist you. And at the time, 17 years old, I, I probably wasn't mature enough to realize that I could be that person. I wanted to be, but I just didn't see how I could get there. I was dealing with mental health issues. I was dealing with the regular stuff that we had going on and so on and so forth. It took time for me to grow into that person. I think that I'm getting there. I don't think that I'm there yet, but I think that I have made a lot of progress towards that. And I can tell you just from experience, it makes a huge difference. So I'm a big advocate of it, but start small, right? I'm sure we can think of somebody who we respect and we look at and it's like, that person's always doing something for others, right? It may not be financial. Finances are kind of like what he uses in the book a lot, but it's anything, it's energy, right? It's just any expression of energy. It could be your money. It could be like actually donating, donate, excuse me, donating money to a charity. Dying over here. Um, <laughs> donating to a charity, tithing to church, tipping people, um, whatever it is, like whatever way that you find to, to give, that's that's great. And I think that you should do that, but it applies to everything too. It applies to your time. You know, again, like you have to protect your time to some extent, but the more that you give to other people, the more that you receive, because you're gonna start to build a good reputation for yourself. People are going to respect you. People are going to give back. You give and you receive even more in return. All right, let me see. Next quote, money is really a symbol of the life energy we exchange and the life energy we use as a result of the service we provide to the universe. So <clears throat> kind of the matter of, how do I say this? The more, the more you, all right, if somebody works for you and they, they make you a lot of money and they ask for extra time off, or they ask for special favors, or they ask for this side or the other, you're gonna give it to them, right? And it works on a conscious level, it works on unconscious level as well. The more that you put out to, um, in, in generosity, the more that you give to others, the more that you're gonna receive in, another, in, in, in the same way. And the, the whole idea that money is a symbol of energy, right? It applies to everything, that's all I was saying. Um, it's not limited to one particular thing. Don't think about it so much in the sense of materialism, in the sense of like, what stuff do I have? How much do I have to donate in order to get a, uh, a new Mercedes? Not like that. In the sense that if you're building a solid foundation in life, because that's where it comes from. If you're trying to get rich fast, if you're trying to figure out like, how can I make money drop shipping? Or what stock should I invest in? Like, you're probably not going to make any 
All right. I mean, some people do for sure, but the vast majority of people that get into that, they don't because they're not looking to serve people. They're not looking to help people. They're looking to turn a profit for themselves. Um, what's a good example of that? Without calling anyone out, I think that insurance is a good example because <laughs> I worked in the insurance for a while and I really got fed up with the culture there. I got fed up with the idea that like the, the agents are really just in it for themselves. And that's why I was too. Like I wanted to make money, obviously, like you got to. But they kind of try to hype it up like, well, let's try to serve other people. And it's like at the end of the day, you're you're putting you're putting your energy towards something that is not really benefiting most people. It, it does help some people. I'm not I'm not hating on that industry. I'm saying that the particular experience that I had was that I just got very tired of people that were only in it for themselves. And I kind of felt like I was getting stuck in the same thing as well. I didn't feel like I could really. Um, help people. I didn't feel like I was really making a difference, even when I did make a sale for somebody that, that wanted it, that needed it even. It just didn't feel like it was working. Um, so I ended up finding something that was a little bit more meaningful for me. And I mean, I think that this show is probably the most meaningful because the ability to to put out information that helps people, even though I'm wrong sometimes, I make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time and I try to correct them when I can. Um, I try to learn as quickly as I can, but the reality is that I'm just, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. We all are. Nobody's perfect and everybody's going to have their shortcomings. Everybody's going to run into a wall sometimes, but if you have, if you have dedicated a large amount of your time, your resources, your energy towards being of service to other, making yourself valuable to other people, you're never going to have an issue. You're never going to be in a situation where you can't get by. Um, I, my um, pastor gave a really good sermon recently. He talked about how you should, I forget what verse it was, but he talked about how you should use your, your worldly wealth to, oh, what was it? Like it's something like make, make friends or to, um, to create good relationships. I think that the point of it was like, don't so much focus on your money as like, this is just my, my personal financial security. How can I help other people? And a, a good example of that, he didn't say this, but what I was thinking of was I used to be very uptight. I didn't want to spend anything. I thought it was frivolous to go out to eat every week, especially. I thought it was silly to go grab coffee from a coffee shop when you could just make it yourself. What to go get a sandwich from, you know, the, the cafe when I could just make it myself. It's much cheaper. And I had been in that habit for a long time. What I learned though, was that yes, I have a little bit less money when I spend it on things that I don't need like food. However, what I lose in numbers on a screen, I make up for in bonding time with my friends. I develop really strong relationships. I am able to, um, you know, if you know, we have a free exchange too. we buy each other stuff, you know, we, we spot each other. And that becomes a community where we're all able to depend on each other. We all trust each other. We all love each other. And we're all spending time together, right? Like, and we bond, you know, people bond over stuff like that. You can say that it's silly that like, well, you can go bond sitting down, making food for yourself. Like, fine, go do that. I don't care. But the point being that if you if you if you put your your income towards how can I create better relationships with people? I think that that's a fantastic little shift in perspective. I really do, because I was much, much happier, um, let's say last year, once I started just going out, just going out with friends, just spending time with people that I cared about. 
because I was having a good time. I was enjoying my life. Did I spend more than I should have? Yes, probably. <laughs> was I frugal? A lot of times, no. Now, I would leave the restaurant and then I would, you know, like make my own chicken and rice or whatever and live off of that for a few days. So like, I would try to offset that sometimes. But getting stuck in this mindset, like I have to hold on to stuff. It'll make you miserable. I have a good friend who is like this. He will go unnamed or she will go unnamed. I, he, it's, I'm going to say he because it is a good, it is a dude. He is very uptight. I love him to death, but he stresses out if he has to spend $20. Like he won't go to the movies because he doesn't want to spend that $20. And he complains to me constantly about being lonely. Like, bro, you have like, I've heard five people invite you to a movie tonight. Go with them. Oh, no, I don't want to spend the money. It's like, do you see what I'm saying here? Like when you, when you refuse to give, when you, when you struggle to just hold on to things, and I'm not saying to be dumb with your money. I'm not saying to be frivolous. I'm not saying to be silly. I'm not saying to go blow it on stupid things. I'm definitely not saying to spend it on impressing people. But when it comes time to, I don't know, go have a drink with somebody, um, go catch up with old friends over coffee, go grab lunch, you know, spend time every week with people that you care about, you know, it's easier to facilitate that in, say, a restaurant or in, say, a coffee shop, whatever. People bond over that, like I said. So it's very important. It, on a spiritual level, it puts you into the flow of the cosmic currents. On a psychological level, it, it breaks those limiting beliefs of scarcity. It puts you into a state of abundance to where you feel comfortable spending. Now, again, you have to exercise common sense. You have to have some discipline in your spending habits and your, you know, and that applies to anything and not just money. You have to have discipline. You have to be careful with what you do. You have to be prudent, right? Like if you're stupid with, with how you spend your, your resources, you're not going to have them for very long. However, if you allow them to stagnate, that's not good either, right? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't put most of your money into savings or anything like that. Just that you need to start shifting your perspective from how can I get as much as possible to how can I serve? How can I give? Um, and he talks mostly in the book about like giving money. I've talked mostly about giving work, giving effort, um, giving time, attention, whatever. I think that that's very valuable. Another, another example of that, and I'm, I'm going to wrap up in a minute. But another example of that, this is something I've been involved in a lot lately, this particular discussion. We've been talking about how, um, I think I've talked about it on the show, I'm not sure, but, but I've been talking, I've been thinking a lot lately about how starved everybody is of genuine attention, of presence, of being able to sit with somebody and have a conversation and to feel heard, to know that that person is giving you their attention, that they are actually listening to you, that they're not thinking about something else, they're not waiting for their turn to talk, they're not just sitting there arguing with you in their head, thinking about how you're wrong or how it may reminds them of something that they, that they want to talk about. They're not doing that. They're not on their phone. They're not, you know, scrolling social media. They're not watching TV. They're not listening to music. I can't stand it when I'm trying to talk to somebody and they are on their phone, right? Um, I've been in many fights over this with, in, in relationships, like I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody and they like start scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, like, I'll leave. And then like five minutes later, they realize I'm not there anymore. It's like, well, whoa, 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 we were talking. Like, no, we're not. We're not talking. Um, <clears throat> people are starved of attention because 
we don't give it to each other. We're, we're self-absorbed mostly, and I'm not calling, I'm not like trying to call anybody out. We all do that, right? When you start to really pay attention to people and you start to listen with the intention of understanding, Stephen Covey, when you start to really listen to them, not to, waiting for your turn to talk, not trying to figure out what to say next, you want to understand what they're saying. You want to get inside their head. You want to know why are they saying this? How does this make them feel? Why do they feel that way? Um, what led up to this, et cetera, et cetera. When you start shifting your perspective to that, to I'm going to be here, I'm going to really listen to you, it completely changes all of your relationships. People can feel it. People love it. They appreciate the fact that somebody's actually giving their attention. It will actually make most people uncomfortable for a while because they're not used to it. They're like, that's a surprise. Like, whoa, this person's listening to me. What a what a novel idea. <laughs> how how unusual. This is quite strange. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm a little self-conscious now. But once people start to understand that you are a good listener, and you the trick to doing that is to actually be a good listener, once people start to get that, they want to talk to you. They will come to you with anything. I'll tell you a secret. This is the secret to most of my success is being able to listen to people because people feel heard when, when they talk to me. And it's because I'm actually listening for the most part. You know, sometimes people ramble a little bit. I'm just, I, I tune out. I'm not, I'm not perfect, but generally I've, I've made it a habit to actually listen to people and it has changed my life. It's a fantastic thing. The cool part about this. And again, this is the, the giving and receiving thing. Once you start to do that, people start to listen to you because when you talk, they're like, oh, what's he, what's he going to say now? Like, oh, he hasn't talked in a while. I would really want to hear what he has to say. And plus, you have something insightful to say. Usually you, you speak when you're ready to talk. You're not speaking because you want to talk. Right. Like you wait for that perfect time. You say, OK, now I'm ready to say something. And typically it should be something that's articulated. Even if it's not, people are willing to, to sit there and bear with you because they start to respect you a little bit more. They value your time. They value the conversation with you. They appreciate your attention, your presence, and they give it back to you. So that makes you feel really good, right? Like, so in a sense, like you can be a selfish giver. Like I want to give as much as possible because I know people are going to give back. And it may, again, it may not be financial. It may not be like, oh, I donated $20 to charity and I didn't see $20 pop up on my bank account, right? But you give effort to somebody say, no, how can I help you? What do you need help with? I got you. What do you want? What can I do? You go do that. Maybe they don't pay you back. Maybe not ever, maybe not right away. But over time, you make this a habit. This becomes something that you just do. You start to love it. You start to appreciate it. You start to backwards rationalize that, well, if I'm helping people, I must like them. So you kind of start to like everybody a little bit more, which makes you feel better about your life, which makes them feel better about how they feel about you. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle but it's a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, people are so starved of attention. And we think that to get attention nowadays, we have to do something. We have to go, um, we have to be something. We have to get that attention. We have to demand it. We have to, um, you know, you scroll through Instagram, TikTok, and you see all these people like, listen to this real fast. Or, you know, did you know this random secret that no one else knows? Like, everything you do is wrong. And it's like, shut up. You're so annoying. Like, you're just desperate. It's, it's, it's obnoxious. And people think that that's how you have to act. They think that you have to, you know, take a video of your really expensive car. You have to have this really, you know, um, filtered 
picture of yourself with no clothes on. You think that you have to do all this stuff, that you have to have these things like, I need to go film myself at a party to be relevant. It's like, no, you don't. You need to be the kind of person that others cherish. And you can do that very simply, not by being something, but just by being. Just being there, just being yourself, but totally yourself, being present, not trying to act, not trying to live out any kind of facade, any sort of um, any, any sort of fake persona, not trying to assert yourself over the other person. Obviously, there's a time and a place for things like that. But for the most part, when you learn to just give your attention and your energy, you receive it. You get it back in spades. People love it. Um, that kind of goes along the same lines as when people are in relationships of any kind, friendships, romantic, whatever, and like things are kind of toxic, things are kind of broken a little bit, right? Like everyone's fighting, no one's getting along. It's like, well, I want my husband to put his socks away. He's like, well, I want my wife to be nice to me, right? <laughs> you know, and it's like this vicious cycle of like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say something nice to you when you stop being stupid. And it's like, well, I'll stop being stupid when you start being nice to me. And it's like this never ending cycle of like, well, who goes first? Like, well, somebody's got to go first, right? Like somebody's got to make the decision that, okay, whatever. I'm going to be, I'm going to give, I'm going to be the giver. I may not get anything back. I'm going to take a leap of faith here, but I'm going to do what I can. I don't have power over what you do. I can't control how you respond. I can't control what I do though. I can control how I respond to you. I can choose to be a giving person. I can choose to be loving. Even if we're not getting along right now, I can choose to be nice to you first and to break the ice a little bit. And honestly, man, like everybody is looking for the same thing. Everybody just wants to be happy, right? And we have different ideas of what will make us happy, but that's, uh, we just want to be happy. We want to be fulfilled. We want to feel like our lives have meaning. We want to feel like people will care about us. We want to feel safe to some extent. And so when you understand that and you start to give people the things that they want, again, some people are manipulative and you've got to be careful, but we've got this weird cultural idea that like, Everyone's a psychopath. Everyone's a narcissist. Everyone's crazy. Everyone's out to get something from you. Yes and no. Um, there are crazy people out there. There are manipulative people out there. The right approach, though, is to take the leap of faith. Now, if somebody shows you without a doubt that, like, oh, no, though, like, you got to be careful with this person, then, yeah, be careful. Be smart. Set boundaries. It doesn't mean that you become a doormat. You still have to exercise some sense of... Um, What's the word? Assertiveness. That's not the word I'm looking for. I want something more intense, more powerful. Um, formidable. Impenetrable. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of like a fort or some sort of stronghold. Impregnable. That's not a word that's used anymore. We don't use impregnable anymore to describe things. Why is that? It's interesting. That was like a huge that, that that Tolkien used that a lot in Lord of the Rings. I don't know why we don't use that phrase. I'm bringing it back. We're bringing it back impregnable. You want to be impregnable in a sense. No, that doesn't sound right. Okay. I think I understand why we stopped using it. But you see what I'm saying? You want to be strong. You want to be able to protect yourself and have good boundaries, right? That is an art form. That takes practice. But your general attitude, and do what you want, but I'm telling you that the more that you seek to provide value to other people, when you make that your primary objective and you put other people first, 
it will come back to you in very unexpected ways and it will enrich your life. So guys, if you enjoyed this, again, make sure that you subscribe. Um, helps me out a lot. Leave some good comments, leave some good reviews, leave some good ratings, share with your friends, hit me up online. Um, I hope to see from you or hear from you guys soon. I've had a lot of support come in lately. I appreciate that. You guys are the best. I love you all. Thank you very much. Good luck.